welcome to The Northern Connection, a podcast all about books. In each episode, we chat to authors about their books, their inspirations, and their own Northern Connections. This episode is hosted by Jules, Rachel, Rebecca, and myself, Emma. And we catch up with Charlotte Levin to talk about her second novel, If I Let You Go. Charlotte's work has been shortlisted as part of the Northern Writers Awards and for the Mislexia Short Story Competition. If I Let You Go is out now. Charlotte lives in Manchester with her cat Opal Moon and kittens Leonard and Walter. Welcome to the Northern Connection, Charlotte. Um, Please, could you just tell us about your new book, If I Let You Go? Um, I can. It's um, about... uh... A woman called Janet, who's a cleaner and lives a very quiet, unassuming life. Um, She lives with her husband, Colin, who's not very nice, to put it mildly. And um, she's basically carrying around a horrendous loss, guilt about her loss and and grief. And then she's involved in a train crash, which seemingly turns her life around, but not everything is quite as it seems. It's quite a hard one to, to discuss <laughs> without giving things away. Yeah, we, we were saying that actually it's, it was incredibly hard to think of it's questions. so hard, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's really hard. Sorry about that. No problem. <laughs> so where did you get the idea for the novel? Well, I had the idea of things that we can't talk about. Um, and then I kind of worked backwards and thought, who who would that be? Who would do that? And is there a way that someone would do that? And there'd be a kind of feasible reason that makes them not just, you know, bad. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I worked back. And, and the character of Janet, um, she came sort of many years prior um, with when my mum was in hospital having her cancer operation my aunt and me were cleaning her house and before she got out and we tried on her chemo wig (laughs) sounds really bad but it was a very blonde wig and um and then we put on her one of her sparkly jumpers and we caught well i called my auntie because she looks so different like a completely different character janet so when the story many years later came about the kind of visual of Janet kind of came to mind and I joined the two together fantastic <laughs> that's a wonderful way to get inspiration <laughs> so we know that Janet is dealing with a lot um not least her marriage yeah. and the things that are going on within her marriage did you know Janet's story from the beginning of your writing process or did it change throughout no i'm not a planner at all i have no idea of anything i just, <laughs> i don't like my, my novels are very character led but i don't do any character work beforehand um i kind of know the ages and just very basics um so no not really um i had sort of the visuals of her and um but I didn't really, I don't know, I just I just write and um, 
things come from it and then and then I run me some things but I, I wrote about 35,000 words before I got to the beginning so I think that's my process where I just try lots of things out and then eventually you just kind of like find the voice and find you know find your way into the story so it takes me a long time and it probably you know relieve a lot of time and stress if I did plan but it just doesn't work that way for me that's great thank you um it's fair to say that not all the characters in the novel are likable (laughs) (laughs) um which characters did you find the most satisfying to create um well I loved Janet um but I have to say, even though he is awful, I did really like writing Colin <laughs> um, because I thought he has some funny lines in it and he's just so awful that it is quite, it's quite enjoyable to write someone who's quite awful. <laughs> so I, di- I did enjoy it, but, but, but Janet mainly and then Colin. So how did you find writing this book, which is your second book, I believe, compared to your first one if I can't have you um awful it was (laughs) really hard and awful because when you with my debut I had all the time in the world it took me like five years and um you know there's, there's no pressure and if I can't have you is quite well received and it's sold quite well which adds pressure and um and then you have to write one an awful lot quicker and you don't know at the time whether it was just a fluke that you wrote the first one and so all these doubts come in and like thinking you know what if i can't do that again and um so i found it really hard and also even though on reading the story seems quite simple it was really really hard to kind of make that simple um, because I needed it to be feasible and realistic and that was quite hard to do. So I struggled a lot. I, it was hard. The yeah, first I draft, is, say, I hate first drafts. <laughs> yeah. I have to say I have read your first book as well, If I Can't Have You, and it, I really did think it was very good. So uh, anyone listening to this podcast who hasn't read charlotte's first book you should go and find that one too thank you thanks jules it must be great as well because this has been so well received i've seen loads of tweets about it especially from marion keys who absolutely adored this book didn't she well no it wasn't it wasn't this it was if i can't have you my first one she tweeted about oh right no, okay, not this one no yeah. well i mean she, she she's got the book so i don't know whether she's read it or not um it, she sort of requested after she read the first one so that was really nice because that was out of the blue an out yeah. of the blue endorsement for the first one which was lovely yeah, but cool. yeah but it's still been quite well received this one as well yeah <laughs> just not yeah. Marion. <laughs> <laughs> um can you, you you've sort of alluded to the fact that you're you're what they call a pantser rather than a planner in, mm. in writing terms can you describe your writing journey you mean how I sort of became a writer? Or yeah, a yeah, yeah. Um, well, I didn't. Um, I, I, I wasn't one of these people who always wanted to be a writer, um, but I did write because I, I was I wanted to be an actress, and then I'd kind of like put on skits and do things. So I was always writing, but but it was always just so I could have a good part. It was never 
I never thought about the writing bit. Yeah. Um, and then I did a course with the Young People's Royal Court Theatre, which it was young people, so I was, it was many years ago. And um, I, I did the same thing. So I wrote this like scene because I wanted to do an acting at the end of it was like a showcase. And the artistic director said to my teacher, tell her to carry on writing. Um, so I didn't really think about it. I thought, oh, maybe I'll write a play because I was very into plays. And I wrote a play and just literally tore it out, the, the typewriter, and sent it to the National Theatre, which is so cringe and embarrassing. I, did, I didn't read it back. <laughs> Awful. Uh, but I did get quite a nice letter back. So, like, the seed was planted that, oh, maybe, maybe I could do this. But I was still only into the idea of writing plays. And then I did, like, a local course um, and then I got into writing prose and I didn't really take myself seriously about it at all until um, my mum died. And then I sort of like wanted to bury myself in some things. So I was like, okay, I'm going to really have a crack at this now. So If I Can't Have You was my first book that I'd ever written. So Brilliant. That's very impressive. Her first book you've ever written to be so well received. Yeah, so I mean, saying well that, I did write a first draft of it, which was completely different and very 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 bad and <laughs> I, I knew it was so wrong so I kind of rethought it all and did and started again with it so it's kind of it's the first it is the first book I've written but it's the sort of second version of the first book I've ever written yeah I think that's very common isn't it I think first drafts are very often not at all like final drafts no or, no well this know, one actually was quite a clean draft I didn't really have any structural edits on it but it takes it takes me a long time to to draft it it I do I sort of think about it I know everyone has their different processes and I've got friends that just like to get it you know get it on the page and then go and sort it out I I kind of like edit as I go and go back and do things and keep keep doing that so by the end of it structurally there was no scene or anything that wasn't in it and nothing that was added um obviously I did edits and made made it better um but yeah so this was strangely clean this draft um so generally where does your inspiration come from for your stories um I don't know really because I'm not one of those writers which is quite scary who has millions of ideas um I I often read on twitter and you know my friends and things saying like oh I, i'm writing a book and you know i've got that pesky other idea thing and it's like well i don't have that i've like one year um, <laughs> so I, i'm not like that but i, I kind of it, it always comes from like a thought of a person in a situation um so i don't think in terms of plot and i know that people have referred to like the first book and i'm amazed this book as a thriller because I've never, neither of them I thought I was writing thrillers. Um, I was very like on edge when I was reading it and I was mm. saying to Emma that I felt on edge the, the whole way through. And so yeah. it, I don't understand why people might say that it was like a thriller. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I get it. I get that. And that that was on purpose, but I I don't feel like I'm writing a thriller because mm. I think thrillers mm. sort of, have specific things that are required of them and I don't provide them. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I don't feel like I am writing a thriller, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I get it's quite claustrophobic and um, yeah. 
and sort of tense in that way but I didn't I didn't I wasn't setting out to write a thriller and I and I was all worried actually because it's so different to my first one that I was thinking oh, are people gonna expect more of a thriller and but then I'm really surprised that in reviews and things people are referring to it as a thriller so it's it's quite interesting really but sorry for making you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you tell us what you're working on next? Um, yeah, I'm working at something completely different. Um, and if people call this a thriller, then I'll be amazed because it's, it's supposed to be um, it's a, a, a love story, actually, not a romance. Um, it's about an agoraphobic woman who um, falls in love with her postman it's quite dark oh. it's quite dark and about sort of mental health and oh it kind of sounds like it has a nice edge to it though as well yeah yeah i hope <laughs> I missed that. sorry jules what was that i said uh, it does sound like it has a nice edge to it as well yeah it's it's not um it's not fluffy um it's quite it is quite dark and has you know trauma in it it's gonna have a bit of trauma in there yeah to be one of my books definitely are you um, able to recommend to us a book or author that has a northern connection? Yeah, I was thinking about this. So I didn't know. Can I, right. So classic wise, uh, a, a book that I um, thought I'd absolutely hate and I absolutely loved it, which was Clockwork Orange. And obviously, Burgess um, from Manchester. And so that one and I'm... Um, I'm going to be very nepotistic and say a couple of my amazing writer friends, um, Caroline Holtz, who's from Manchester, who writes mm -hmm. brilliant, funny books. I think she's amazing. Um, and one I particularly like of hers is um, All the Fun at the Fair. And she's got a new one coming out called Reasonable People in August, which is hilarious. And um, Trevor Wood, who wrote the Man on the Street series, and he's got a new one out, You Can Run, and he's from Newcastle. So that's brilliant. I, 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 I cheated with three there. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. We always like more than one, actually. Oh, good. You, know, you can't have too many book recommendations. <laughs> and I'm um, interested in, in what you're reading, actually, because I'm always mm. interested in whether authors read similar books to what they write does that make sense i find it really or difficult when... to read things that are, that are similar at all when i'm writing um and then i'm a really slow reader which has turned out to be quite problematic in this business because you have to read loads. um so i'm really really slow um i'm reading at the moment um i've just started emma flint's um yeah. Oh, other women, other women. Yeah. oh it's amazing is it yeah no i'm sure yeah. it's gonna be amazing i can tell already um i started it and then i had to do loads of things and there was some proofs i had to do um quotes for and things so i've gone back to the beginning again and um, i'm really looking forward to it excellent yeah it's so good yeah no i can imagine she's a brilliant writer is that one out yet or is I think that it, a... it's just come out yeah, yeah but I, i've had it i've right. had the proof and um i didn't read it on time <laughs> <laughs> i'm a very slow reader um but yeah I, i'm looking forward to it 
Do you find that quite a pressure? Because I imagine you get a fair few proofs. I, um, and pressure. I know when I was blogging, and I'm, I'm not blogging now, but actually that it did become a pressure um, at times, having all those proofs. Yeah, yeah. and I've got um, a really sort of nice... Um, because I, I, my first book came out in, in lockdown um, in the beginning of COVID, which is probably the worst year ever to have a debut. Um, so we formed a group of debut authors who came down at the worst, who came out in the worst time to have a debut. And we really um, formed a really tight knit group and it is really lovely. Um, so it's important to me that I read all their books, you know, to support them. You need to support your fellow authors, but I'm just so mm -hmm. slow. <laughs> so, so I get all well, my god, and everyone's read loads of them, and I'm like behind all the time. But um, so yeah, so it can it can be a pressure, and and it's really awful because it's not, you know, I get books and I've not read them, and it's nothing to do with the books, and or you know that I'm not interested. It's just it's quite time consuming, and obviously um, writing is quite time consuming as well. Yeah. So. Um, but I, I do what I can. <laughs> I don't know how bloggers do it. I don't, I honestly, like I see the amount of books that they get through and it's like, how do you do that? Mm. I know. It's, yeah, and there's yeah. some people who, um, I mean, I average, it depends what I'm working, but I average probably between six and ten a month maybe wow. if i'm on if i'm on leave i might get through a little bit more um, but i see some people reading like 20 30 like a book a day yeah. <laughs> and, so, uh, i could not if i just literally woke up and then like got my book i would still not have written i mean i would if it's like you know a short book but i think i read very slowly and i take it in because i'm i'm very visual mm. when i'm writing and i'm the same when i'm reading so i read at the same pace i don't kind of rush through it so mm. i am pretty slow i think if i put twitter down i'd get through more <laughs> yeah well if i put twitter down i'd probably be on my fifth book <laughs> <laughs> oh that's brilliant um charlotte thank you so much for joining us oh, thank you and wishing thank you, you lots welcome. and lots of luck with this um with this book and would you be able to read us a little excerpt from the novel just before you go ah oh, thank you thanks for having me three sheets of paper lie side by side edges must be neat lined up the contrast between their off-white and the black mock granite of the worktop exposes any misalignments She's owned the stationery for years. A present from yet another drifted friend. Never retrieved from the cupboard, never having noticed the delicate goldfinches printed in the right-hand corner. One perched on a branch, the other flying away. The pen is heavy and cold. Initially nervous about him finding out that she's used it, her brain catches up. Of course, it doesn't matter now. These notes need to represent her properly, and nice ink is important. She'd hate to be remembered by the scrawls of a worn-out biro. Shuffling further back into the tall stool, she blinks, slow, heavy, and proceeds to write. Though all three notes differ in their content, each one opens with the same words, I am sorry.
Oh, that was wonderful. And hopefully this chat and excerpt will have piqued your interest for If I Let You Go by Charlotte Levin, out now. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter for your chance to win a copy of If I Let You Go. Bye for now. Thank you.